Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Derek Bodner, I'm Devon Givens, and again, happy Monday to you. Bree is here, Kyle Newbeck from the arena later on. It's MLK Day, some early basketball. Good to be with you, Derek. What's going on, man? Not much. I enjoy a good afternoon game, in part because I'm fully awake by the time we do this show. So Yeah, yeah. So uh, boring basketball today just because it was an easy win, but sometimes you need those, and when you're good, you get those types of wins over the basketball team. So we have a lot to break down, and Beads is back. Maxi closes the game. Tobias Harris doesn't take as many shots today as they take care of business, really controlling this one, Derek, from front to back with this game. Never really anything to worry about and control the entire time. Yeah, and obviously the headliner here is Jerome Beads, 41 and 10, 31 minutes of play. Came back, shot 12 of 21 from the field, went to the free throw line 17 times yep. as the Rockets could not contain him without fouling. Uh, there was a little question whether or not he would continue that 30 and 10 streak, which I think now reaches 16 games. Mm -hmm. Do I have that right? Mm -hmm. uh, because he only had four rebounds at halftime. So that was a little bit in doubt, uh, but he was scoring with ease. And the game of basketball is easier when Joel Embiid is on the floor. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, and it was something I wanted to ask a question later on. So I'll get to it a little bit later in regards to the way that they play. Of course, the difference between when he's on the floor, when he's not on the floor, uh, they did have no D'Anthony Melton today, no Mo Bamba, It Robin sounded like Covington. it might be, it could be a solid week or even more without D'Anthony. Because of the back, back injury, yep. Yeah, so what was Nick Nurse saying before the game? We'll start, start there just real fast. What, uh, what I actually it? did not make it there before oh, the start sorry. of the game. Uh, we'll ask uh, Kyle that after afterwards, but it just it sounded like they want to be cautious with it, uh, that it has been nagging him for a little while now, and that they are going to give him a, about a week. It sounded like Nick Nurse wasn't even completely sure of the timeline. So that will be something we'll ask Kyle um, when he does come on later in the show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a loss. Look, he is a, a good two-way player, a good catch and shoot player, one of their better players um, with gravity. So that is certainly a loss off more than offset, obviously by Joel's return, but uh, yeah, you need to get him right. Have to get, get him, him right. right. Have to get him right. So maybe a few games that he will miss. But right now, again, some some uh, important basketball still yet to be played with him out. Kelly Oubre getting the start. I presume that that will be the, the way that Nick Nurse will go going forward since that's pretty much been the, the starting shooting guard whenever he has been out. So uh, that will take care of itself and we'll see how everything else goes. And we can even ask Kyle a little bit later about Daniel House falling at the end of the game. Looked yeah. like he fell pretty hard on his hip and had to run uh, off the floor, didn't even go to the bench so to get checked out. So we'll see about that because he actually played pretty good this yeah. afternoon. No, he with came the out, that he, he, had. he made a, a quick three. He yep. was hitting the offensive glass at an and one off an offensive rebound. He was giving them some good energy. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. When he hit the floor, he got up. It took him a little couple minutes to get up. Um, but once he got up, he pretty much ran to the locker room without any help, uh, without anyone even looking at him. So you're a little concerned what that could mean. And he's a tough dude. When he was yeah. laying there for a while, I'm like, ah, that must have really got him pretty good. And when they showed the replay, I had to turn my head away because I hate seeing yeah. those types of falls. He those, fell hard yeah, on the side man. there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Joel Embiid, back after missing three games, uh, Derek, and 
He got out there today, and you saw it right away from the first quarter. He got right into it very early, very often, looking like Joel Embiid. And sometimes, like we typically do when you're looking at the game and you see how the, the offense is flowing, seeing how the game is developing, he was hitting his shots, some questionable, as we always do. Hey, you should pass that one. Uh, but for the most part, he came right back out, really no concerns about the knee, about the ankle, anything, just went out there despite the time missed and look like Joel Embiid as usual. Yeah, and look, we can sit here and talk about the mid-range jumpers or the foul drawing or any of that stuff, and that was great. And he had, and you're right, there were some shots that he might have forced, but there was also, I forget, it, was, it might have been to Patrick Beverly. He had that nice, it wasn't behind the back, but he was posting up and sort of like saw Beverly out of the corner of the eye. Hit Cutting him down. on the yeah, baseline, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a real nice pass there. But I thought the key to me was he just came out, like sometimes when Embiid has this like week, week and a half layoff, he can come out and look a little sluggish. Uh, like he doesn't fully have his wind. He doesn't fully have his legs underneath him. Uh, I thought he came out and he looked pretty spry. And that was good to see. Uh, like I said, this was a pretty extended layoff. He doesn't always necessarily come back with the most energy from those. So he came back and physically looked very good, I thought. I, I did too. Uh, looked like, again, just running up and down the floor. No fatigue. Still played the entire first quarter. As I look at the box score here quickly, look, he played the entire first quarter. No problem. Got up six shots. Got to the free throw line five times for a game best at that point, 13. And we talk about the plus minus occasionally, but he was a plus 14 out there on the floor uh, for what he was doing. Also defensively had a block shot and just look again, I'll repeat myself on this one because he did look like himself. And that's whenever he sits out for this amount of time, you just want to see how Derek mentioned how he returns, what he looks like when he's back out there on the floor. And he looked solid. He looked like he was running fine. He looked like he was rotating fine. He looked like he was jumping Fine. And he wasn't really hesitant with his offensive production on the other no. end of the floor, whether it was putting the ball on the floor to get to the basket, shooting the mid-range jumper, that which is a layup, or drawing and baiting those players into fouls. So he looked very, very comfortable out there. The offense still, they've still posted 33 points in the first quarter, largely due to what he was doing, the attention that he was drawing from the opposing defense. So he was fine tonight, again, questioning a couple of things here and there when you play as many minutes as he does. And when we know how he plays, we're always going to do that. But the most important thing is, is that he got through it unscathed. He was out there. He even came back in the fourth quarter to start the fourth quarter because they were already up big. And Nick Nurse, as Bree and I were talking about it, they were just trying to give the knockout punch to get him over with so he can, instead of resting the first five minutes of the first quarter to rest the final seven minutes of the yeah. fourth quarter so he can get ready for the game tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets. And that really was like, look, they were in control of this game for almost all of it. Like it was tied. I think Houston had briefly their midway through the first. The Sixers ended on a pretty big run. What was it about 11? They cut it to 13 in the fourth, I think. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. After the Sixers basically um, built that lead there late in the first quarter, they maintained that really right up until Embiid picked up his fifth foul with what I want to say like three or four minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, the the Rockets went to the line, I think cut it to 13. You're thinking, oh no, like could this be a game where maybe in years past they let it slip away? I feel like the last two years they've done a much better job of not having that happen, but maybe it's just enough where Embiid comes back, has to exert himself a lot in the fourth quarter, yada, yada, yada. Sixers push that lead back up to 20, I feel like, towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, you got some pretty big buckets from Marcus Morris, from Patrick Beverly, and then Tyrese Maxey started getting it going, and that was key. But then you're right. You bring Joel Embiid back. You push that lead back up to like 27 or 28. I forget what the exact high watermark is. Able to get Embiid, first of all, his 10th rebound. So the 30 and 10 streak he chased stays alive. That, too, he, he, that was a floorboard <laughs> that he chased. Absolutely. Started a mini fast break there just because he wanted to make sure he, he controlled that one. Um, but then you're able to get Embiid out for the final six plus minutes. Uh, and with a back-to-back, non-travel back-to-back, but still a back-to-back uh, against the Nuggets tomorrow. Nick Nurse, I saw tweets saying that Nick Nurse is saying the expectation is Embiid will play tomorrow. We'll see whether or not that ends up happening. Um, for the, the sake of the discourse, I certainly hope it does because there are some Nuggets fans and media members who love to point out that he never plays against them. Even people here. Yeah, but it's it's great that like this is, like I said, an afternoon game with no travel. The back-to-back's tomorrow night, and you're able to get him out in the fourth quarter. He can have legitimately 30 hours off in between the two games. Hopefully, he's able to give it a go. And more importantly, this was a game that you were able to put away. I know the final score ended up looking a little closer than it was. Uh, there was some garbage time there with all bench units that made it look that way. Uh, but to put your foot on them like that and the, the start the fourth was big. Yeah, it really was. And again, we, we noticed it right away. I'm sure you guys did. But as we mentioned 
and B starting the fourth because as we talked about when you look at the pattern that Nick Nurse likes to go with is Embiid sitting until about that seven minute mark in these close games come back in to close the game out instead with them being up big he decide put him back in early get these guys out of here so I can sit him down for tomorrow and that's exactly exactly what happened as Derek said the last six and a half minutes Joel Embiid sat and I saw Money Mar already in in the comments there say the easiest 41 I have ever yeah. seen and, and Mar sitting there with Derek and talking with Bree while we were sitting there watching the game Jamie and Renee doing the show Tyler as well uh, doing the Phillies and we were sitting there watching the game and I'm like this game is boring at the yeah. at, at halftime this game is boring and you know what Good. Sometimes you yep. need those after you, you fight and you claw for all these victories and you make it harder than it needs to be a more difficult game against an opponent where you f should really knock them out. And we've seen it already multiple times this season, even with the 25 victories, 12 games over 500. But Mar, you are exactly right. This was one of the easiest, easiest 41s that he had. Easiest wins for the Sixers this season where they controlled it from the very beginning, up by 14 after one, and as close as they got was Derek pointing out to 14 late in the game. And by the way, like I feel like we just said this a couple of weeks ago when they played Houston the other time, this is a really good defense. Like you might look at Houston, yeah, they're right around 500 on the season. I think that the loss today 19 drops and 19, 19 now and 20. 19 20. That's the reason that they're not playing better is mostly because of their offense. They have the sixth ranked defense in the league, and we're, I mean, we're. 39 games into the season now. That's a, a real legitimate number. They are, the Sixers right now have the fifth ranked defense at 112.2 points allowed per 100 possessions. Houston is right behind them at 112.6. That is a very, now look, I think this is a defense and a, a roster that struggles to match up with Embiid. Mm -hmm. So you get that it would be easy because of that. But that was a sixth ranked defense that came in through a lot of junk defense at him, through a lot of pressure at him, really sent their, their wings to dig down and try to make his life difficult. And I thought he handled it pretty well. And certainly he scored with these. I don't think he really made that many mistakes. Uh, maybe the, the passing numbers weren't all that high or the assist numbers, but I thought he moved the ball well enough and obviously was able to score pretty much at will that they handled a really good defense. And, and the other thing with them being a very good defense, which they are, the one issue with the Rockets all season long of their 19 wins, only four away from Houston because they are terrible yep road team at four and 14. So despite hearing that the Anthony Melton was going to be out the same with Robert Covington, Mo Bamba has been playing some pretty good minutes along with Paul Reed in those three games that they played specifically the last two for Mo Bamba. You're looking at it and say, okay, they can get stung a little bit and be maybe trying to force himself back into the flow of things. And the same for them incorporating him back into the lineup, but no, it was seamless coming back. And then it also helps because this team is a bad team on the road, and you want to make sure that they feel the exact same way uh, that they have felt all season long, where they may be a little tight because they know how they play on the road against a good basketball team, and they might try to force things a little bit. So they did not do that. Sixers did a phenomenal job of getting Embiid involved early. He got his teammates involved. He wasn't hogging the basketball where it was a black hole, and they were just standing around. No, they were involved. He had a good start to it. And they did exactly what they did by putting their foot on, on the gas and never really letting up until late when Embiid was trying to get to that 30. He saw the 40 was in, the, uh, in his sights and the 10th rebound as well. And he shot a three-pointer. He shot a couple of bad no. mid-range jumpers trying to get to that number where I thought, all right, Maxi hit a couple of buckets. He got to his 23. Okay, cool. Get Tobias a couple of shots because you know he's going to come out also. But Embiid was really going for it. But look. 22 and 6, as Ash says in the comments, a, when Joel Embiid plays, like, that's, that's a an really important good point. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I feel like it's something we gloss over in part because maybe he missed a couple games here. He missed a decent chunk of games, and that will start being brought up when we talk about All Star later on in the month and, and MVP later on all in the NBA, year. All NBA, all that, that stuff. I mean, he's, he's, how many games did he miss now? 10? Yeah. Um, so he's getting close to that 15 game mark. What is he at? Nine? He has to, nine. Yeah. yeah. I think, it, uh, yeah, so, somewhere in that range. Um, but when he has been healthy, they, I, and like, it's so weird. Cause if, if he's out all of a sudden, everything just becomes a little bit more different. Like everyone just feels like they're slightly up a roll beyond their capabilities. But when he's there, this has been a really good, really consistent team has beaten some, some quality opponents. Now there's, you know, I feel like there's a, a couple of his games missed have come against teams that you would like to benchmark them against, but they have handled pretty much everything that the league has thrown at him. Um, I really hope he can play tomorrow. I hope for two reasons. He One, has to play tomorrow. I want to see how his knee reacts and how his mobility reacts. 
And also, I just don't want to talk about that nonsense. And shame, like, I, I really do. The NBA makes such a big deal about, oh, we want to make sure that all stars are playing in these marquee games and these national TV games. And then they put a national TV game on the second half of a back-to-back. And it's like, what are you doing? You know the impact back-to-backs have. You know how teams are almost always going to be, you know, cautious on these back-to-backs and conservative. Why are you putting the, the two the two top two vote-getters in MVP for the last four years, why are you putting them up in a back-to-back? And Set, that, setting it up, exactly. Yeah, and that, look, shouldn't be play? Yes. Like if we're going to make that big of a deal where you can't sit your stars on these games, then don't put them in compromised situations for these games. It's, it's fresh. And look, I get setting an NBA schedule is probably impossibly difficult. You're not going to be able to do that without pissing some people off at various points throughout the year. But it, when you're talking about the, the top two vote getters and MVP four years running, and by the way, probably the top two vote getters now, if they both play enough games, shame on the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. Yams, we'll get to that point in just a second. Do want to shout out really fast DJ Flirt with a P. DJ Flirt from Germany. Shout out from Germany. We appreciate you checking in, DJ Flirt. Hope you enjoyed the game. Hope you stick with us throughout this a whole conversation all the way till the end. Before we get to a question, I have to ask Derek about the 22-6, and six, as Ash brought it up, 22-6. and six, When Embiid plays, want to talk, even though the record says one thing, I have a question for Derek and, of course, all of you watching on YouTube and in the chat. But first, it's an early afternoon game, so, you know, we need some lunch. While we're in here, especially if we're going to hang out at the uh, party, the watch party a little bit later, get some grub while we're there. But while we're here, Bagels & Co., that would be perfect for right now. I could go for a nice Brooklyn-style bagel made, though, right here in Philly with love in Philadelphia. Huge bagels, biggest bagels in Philly. And again, that's why it's the Brooklyn, New Jersey style that we talk about. Large variety, usually have 15 to 20 different types that you can choose from daily. Largest cream cheese variety, 30 different flavors of cream cheese as you just spread it all over your your bagel. 30 different flavors that you can choose from for your bagel. So it would have been perfect for your day off today. Get ready for some early afternoon basketball. That's your breakfast or even lunch like for me. And they do a fantastic job. Big game tonight for the birds. They have specialty flavors there for the cream cheese. They did Eagles cream cheese. They do the 76ers cream cheese as well. So if you have that in your future and you want to get some bagels and you want to represent your teams, make sure you go ahead and and check in with Bagels & Co. to get that. They've also done some Phillies during the season. They are an affordable brand, get a lot of food for cheap, and in today's inflationary world, they think that is key. Debated raising the prices, but decided that's not the right thing to do. They want to be in an everyday brand and not some high-end place that you can splurge on only on the weekends. Artisan or mom and pop, we have mom and pop feel, but catered to the everyday individual. A lot of the customers are repeat, so you love to see that. Really good coffee to go with it, and it's not $7 like Starbucks. Why go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a subpar product when you can go to Bagels & Co., and get a more premium product at the same price point. For the best Brooklyn-style bagel made right here in Philadelphia, head to www.thebagelsandco.com. Check it out for the store locator to find the lowest, the closest Bagels & Co. near you. Also want to tell you about Factor Meal Kits. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. I've fallen this, especially at this time of year. I'm real bad at this. Heading out the door on the way to a game, right at the studio. Don't have time to cook. I make all kinds of excuses to eat like garbage. Factor <laughs> is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to -to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me energized during frantic times. 
Head to factormeals.com slash Sixers50 and use code Sixers50 to get 50% off. That's code Sixers50 at factormeals.com slash Sixers50 to get 50% off. All right, and we also want to tell you about our great uh, merchandise that you can get from phlylocker.com where you can go and grab a new hoodie. New hoodie, you ready for the game tonight or hopefully a big playoff push by the birds? Well, go get your PHLY football podcast, right? The hoodies, you got the guys, Bo and and Zach and Jamie. Bo and Jamie tonight, we'll tell you about that in a little bit. But you can go get the hoodies, PHLY hoodies. We got the new PHLY Sixers hoodies in the blue. Kelly Green for the birds. The Mishkoff Flyers hoodie that's very popular. Apparently, they're like really doing well. Uh, selling those hoodies make sure you go to phlylocker.com also the new hats i left the hat back there on the couch so i don't have it to show but we have a graphic for you to show those hats the phly dad hat which is what i have the trucker hat Derek has that one and the flat brim uh also available Kyle has the uh, golf hat, I believe, uh, the white one. I so. will have all four of them when I get my shipment. In. No doubt, no doubt. And, I, and really? when I get my shipment, I'll have the uh, the blue hoodie. Very impatient with my hats. I am I've too. got enough hoodies, but I would like a few. More I, I love when we order things and we're like, "It's not here yet. Where yeah. is it?" Even though I just ordered, where is it? And we have to be patient and get them. But you can get them. Phlylocker.com. Make sure you take care of yourself, your family, loved ones coming up for Valentine's Day. The ladies, if you want to get it for your, your significant other or vice versa, where, you know, the guys, the girls, they love it. Ladies love it. Go get your stuff there. PHLYlocker.com and represent. All right. And B, 22 and 6. Ash set it up perfectly. 22 and 6 when they're in the lineup. Sixers have a 25 and 13 record right now. But. Sometimes when you watch and when you watch with others, you get a different perspective on how they're playing when he's out there on the floor. He's talking to our guy, Vince, back there. Again, I mentioned Jamie and Tyler. We were talking to them. And sometimes, talking to our guy, Rick, sometimes the style of play becomes a conversation of holding on to the ball. This does not surprise me that after talking to Vince, (laughs) this is what we're going to talk about. But he's not the only one, right? (laughs) So the style of play does come into question sometimes where – Maybe the assist numbers are not high enough. You see the, the it's too stagnant out there on the floor. The fact that some are s- stuck in the corner, there's not a lot of cutting. Is that more of a coaching thing or is that an Embiid thing where he's holding on to the basketball a little bit too long? And those types of conversations come into play even when we get to Tobias Harris who had 20-plus shots in the win that they had the other day and he only has... 10 points tonight on three of seven shooting, two of three from beyond in 30 minutes and 50 seconds. So I say that because Maxi did get 18 up, Ubre eight, Beverly eight, Maxi Harrison Batum only seven. How do you look at that when you still say 22 and six, Devon, what are we talking about here? Because they're winning these games. But sometimes when you do watch, you see it like this, and it seems a little off when it goes to the balance of the overall shooting. I mean, I think they're three and seven without him. What are we doing talking about this for the most part? You want aesthetically pleasing basketball as they're losing 70% of their games? I'm only asking the question. No, look, yes, at times he will hold the ball a long time. Sure. At times they've also had really good ball movement. They really cut it well off of him as well. Uh, I think there have been moments of the season, pretty big portions of the season, where they've played aesthetically pleasing basketball with Joel Embiid on the floor. But most importantly, I want them to win. And I do think they're cutting so much more than they were in prior years. And I do think that he and and Maxi have such a good two-man game between them that I don't even know if I agree with the fact that they're more aesthetically pleasing without him. I think there are times where he will frustrate you and people will overreact to it. Uh, But no, I think they're a much better team. Uh, I think they could probably use one more creator. If things get stagnant, I think it's lar- largely because your third best player is somebody in Tobias Harris who is inconsistent in his aggressiveness and really isn't a passer even when he's going. Uh, I think they could upgrade that spot or add an additional piece to it. Maybe somebody like one of the Bogdanovichis who have real good off-ball movement and can play off of Embiid. Uh, I think for the most part, Embiid has embraced a different style of play. I think that is mostly still true. He will have moments where he lapses into iso- Joe, sure, uh, but for the most part, no, I don't. 
I, I don't worry about that too much. And I worry uh, about the fact that they don't have enough creators and decision makers. And that's where you miss Melton maybe today. Yeah. But I don't really worry too much about like Joe dominating the ball. Yeah. So, because uh, I do think he's willing to like defer to Maxi quite a bit. And even like, you know. And that's what we talk about the trust, where he, he gets into a place watching him for all these seasons. And I, I think you agree with me. And maybe you don't. And that would be a whole, you know, conversation in and of itself. But when he trusts you, he trusts you. He will still defer to himself, right? Because yeah. he trusts himself more than he trusts anyone else. But if he trusts you, he will absolutely defer to you and allow you to cook if you are doing so, like Maxi does. Like when Tobias was going off for that 33 in that one game where he kept giving him the basketball. And even in game with a guy like those two, if it doesn't work out and he says, okay, these guys don't have it, I trust me to get it done, I'm going to go and do it. But Yes, I like how they play when he's not on the floor because the ball is snapping around and it's moving and it's fast-paced and all. I agree. I like that. I think that can be done when he's on the floor too. Why? Because I have seen it done when he's been on the floor where the ball is moving and the snapping. He has to get it out a little sure. bit quicker to get to allow that to happen within a 24-second construct there for the shot clock. He has to be a part of that and believe that it's going to work out in that way. I agree with you, but for the most part, I think it's overblown quite often, but he certainly, certainly does. And he even said it at the beginning of the season. I like playing this way. Whether you believe him or not, I think the numbers so. His, his assist numbers have been up. While they have dropped from the beginning of the season, as I was talking to Vince about, the numbers have dropped from about seven to somewhere in that five six. area. He's six. At six. He's at six. Right near that six area. It only dropped by one assist. So he's still moving the ball. He's still passing. And that dribble handoff, it works off. Sometimes he expects the ball back a little bit too much. But I like the fact that they don't defer to him and they just keep going and they attack the basket. Maxie does it. I've seen it. We've seen it more from Tobias Harris over the last week and a half. And I would like to see that even a little bit more. Sometimes even Pat, uh, Pat Beverly does it sometimes. I'm like, yeah, Pat, keep going. You don't always have to just drop the ball back to Embiid on a, on a pick and pop where the lane is wide open and you have a clear pathway to get to the basket. I like watching him when he's off the floor. But I like watching him them more when he's only on the bench because he needs his breather and not because he's missing the game and they play a certain way when he's not out there. Yeah. And look, I bet you there will be times where Phoenix fans will be like, ah, oh, they don't move the ball enough. There's too much isolation. Certainly Boston fans over the years have had times where, oh, there's too much isolation, not enough ball movement, not enough getting all the way to the rim, uh, which is something that I think is a frequent too many three pointers is certainly something that they complain about. I think when you have stars like this, you tend to um, entrust in them a lot. And I do agree that Embiid go through periods where maybe the mentality isn't always there. Uh, but I think with the talent that they have, I, like I said, I do think they're cutting more. Uh, I do think the two-man game between Embiid and Maxi has developed and grown. Uh, I think their two main focal points fit. I think the main problem with this team isn't necessarily Embiid's mindset. It's fact they just need a, a, a better third option or even a fourth option if you end up keeping Tobias. I think they just, like I said, I have two guys, three if you count Batum, who I really trust to make decisions with the ball right now. I need that number to be higher to really feel confident about them in the playoffs. Because even when Melton is on the floor, as much as you do need him out there on the floor mm -hmm. for that very reason, there are those times where the trust can go away during a game like you just talked about. You absolutely trust in beating Maxi, even with the warts, but the others then Batum also. And he even had some issues that last week where we were like, whoa, against Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Nick, what are you doing with those entry passes, those over-the-top passes? But for the most part, those are two that you absolutely trust, even with the mistakes. Everyone else, there are those questions. So even as we say that and we approach the trade deadline in February, February 9th, I, I believe it is, Eighth, that's that's something that they will address by then, less than a month away from that. But for right now, those are the two that you absolutely have. And, and Ash jumps in with a super chat to add to the conversation. One thing we can all agree on, there needs to be motion and movement to beat elite defenses in the playoffs. Devon, you were right. We have seen it this year with both. We appreciate it, Ash. Again, comments without the super chat, but certainly with the super chat. And yes, yes, you absolutely need to see that ball movement consistently, the motion off the basketball. He trusts, Derek brought up the pass that he made to, to Patrick Beverly where that was a bullet. That was a, he whipped that pass 
along the baseline, and you've seen where players will catch that and they will blow that. They will absolutely blow that layup, an easy bunny right there. They will absolutely, absolutely blow that layup because they don't where they are, where they caught it underneath the basket, whatever it might be. The pass was a little bit too hot for them. They couldn't handle it off their leg, out of bounds, turnover because it went off their hands into the opponent's hands starting a fast break. It was a really good pass from Joel Embiid. So when he has somebody that he believes that will catch the basketball, even when they don't, he will still make that pass. There are times, yes, where, Joel, you missed that when we're all watching together and we say that collectively, Joel, you should have passed that one too. He's fine. He's, more, he's, a, he's a willing passer. He will give the basketball up. And he was really good today. And that's something that they have to continue to do. He has to trust them when he makes those passes and they have to keep cutting, keep cutting because you never know where the defense's head will turn once one millisecond, you turn your head and next thing you know, you have an easy bucket opportunity. So not something that, that we're all at all worried about. Oh, sure. And look, they absolutely need to cut when he's doubled and he absolutely needs to make passes when they do double, because then you put a little bit of hesitation in the opponent of, well, if I double, will he pick me apart? If I double, will he make me pay? And it makes that double in the future just a half second, a half step too late. Uh, and it just becomes much tougher to defend him. Like part of the reason that Jokic shoots like 65% from the field all these years is because it's so hard to double that guy because it doesn't matter if he's looking at the basket, if he's looking at his teammate who he's going to pass to, he will sling a pass to wherever the double team's coming from and make you pay. And it just becomes very tough to really try to get a second hand in his face. Uh, so I, I agree it needs to be something that they do very consistently in terms of, of cutting when he's doubled and he needs to make those passes. I just, I feel like some of this might be a little bit of an overreaction to maybe like the Knicks game because that, that game was really poor, the last one he played in. Uh, but I think there was so much optimism early in the season because of his passing, because of the extra movement on offense, that even if there is a slight regression every now and then, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt to uh, bounce back from that. And Rick and Morris. And they did just drop like 122 points per 100 possessions on the sixth-ranked defense in the league. So, like, it's a little bit weird that we're... They put some points on the second-ranked defense, yeah. right? defense in those two games that they played on. They've absolutely done that. And Rick says uh, Ubre was also in the vicinity of that pass for and B. Yes, he was. He was right there. So someone needed to catch that and finish at the rim, and they did just that. A funny one before we get to Derek. Here in the second, uh, Money Mars says, Tobias plays like a computer-controlled NP NPC on 2K sometimes. LOL. Well, you know, after that 37-point performance the other day, well, I lay off yeah. of him today yeah. with no, just I seven mean, shots, he, especially since the game was in control. This the, the and this is part of the reason why, look, I, I, I was actually in the middle of looking it up. I'm pretty sure Tobias does take a pretty big hit in terms of his scoring volume when Embiid's on. I do think he, of all the players on a team who might struggle to find their spots next to Embiid, Toby might be one of them just because he wants to get into that you know, foul line area for his pull-up yeah. or his fadeaway. That part's obviously occupied by your seven foot two center, um, but that's part of the, he can he can have an off night in terms of his aggressiveness, regardless of whether Embiid is there or not. Like I I, I really hate making an excuse for him because it's so up and down with him, uh, and tonight his aggressiveness wasn't there. But then again, their offense for the most part was humming along. So yes, it was. Uh, maybe tomorrow uh, as they uh, play. First of all, as far as the assists go. 25 assists on 40 made baskets. As Derek said, the offense was humming. So yep. they were sharing the basketball. And if you could not make it to this afternoon's game in South Philadelphia, you have another opportunity tomorrow against an even bigger opponent, a huge matchup nationally televised. You don't want to watch it on TV. Well, you need to be in the arena and make sure you catch up with Philadelphia hosting Denver, a marquee matchup. And if you need to be in the building last minute, Game time is the place for you. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful at all. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy those tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events nearest you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Images of the seat views that you will have in the arena. Flash deals on those last minute tickets. So if you're not sure if you can get there in time, but then things change at the last minute, game time is the place for you. Easy to find and buy those tickets for every kind of event in your area. So forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. For instance, tomorrow, or if you're quick enough to get to Tampa tonight, 
<laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, but the tickets might be available for you. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Don't forget about hockey. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find the tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app like I did, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We also want to make sure we tell you about FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with it still being football and tailgating season, it means that overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, and bags, everything you need for a game, FOCO has. Although, quite frankly, it's cold before the Sixers games, too. You can use all of that stuff when you go to the Wells Fargo Center. Very cold. Did very, not enjoy today. Very. And FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours, too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. How you feel? You see, you see the snow. You talking about the cold? Get the foco. You see the snow in Buffalo, man. Yeah, that was real bad. That was real cold. Really uh, bad. I, you could not pay if you want me to cover like the bills. There is not enough money in the world. So Realistic I, so money. I, so in the I world. guess when they were asking for help and support to snow from just regular everyday All bill fans or something, I'm not going up there, man. No way. <laughs> we'll pay you. We'll give you some coffee, hot chocolate, whatever to come out and clean out. The, the the stadium for the game this afternoon. You're not doing that? No, nah, I'm not doing no? that. No that $25 way. an hour is not enough? I will never move up north. <laughs> Philly is as north as I will go. Hey, man, that was bad. And yeah. I saw a report where this one guy, I think he was a Steelers fan, he was in downtown Buffalo. And he's like, this is what we're complaining about, playing football in this, in this type of environment. Then a newscaster from Buffalo said, Hey, buddy, we appreciate your update from downtown Buffalo. <laughs> We're in Orchard Park where they yeah. play, and you can't even see the stadium directly in front of me. Yep. It's outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. So good luck to them. Low-scoring game, I'm guessing. I'm looking at little flurries out here, and I'm kind of pissed off. Ticked uh -uh. off. Ticked nope. off. Nope. Um, Daniel says on the chat, is it too harsh to say Tobias is the four version of D'Lo? Yes, I wish. it is harsh. I, I wish... Yeah, D'Lo would drive me nuts because Insane. he has no, like he will launch a three whenever he darn well feels like it and throw a stupid pass every now and then. Yeah. I wish Tobias would take a few more risks, man. Yeah. I. So that's harsh, Dan. It's it's harsh, but I kind of wish, I don't I don't really wish that he had D'Lo's mentality because I think that would annoy me too. But I wish he had a like 10% more of D'Lo's mentality. Okay. Just yeah. not here. No D'Lo here. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, no. we don't need that. The best he ever was was in Brooklyn under Kenny Atkinson where he had him playing his best. You say that about a lot of people. All-star level basketball. Yeah, the big mistake players. there. We, I was talking to someone earlier about that whole thing with uh, Kenny Atkinson yeah. and Brooklyn and the path that they Turns were on. Turns out maybe the head coach with no experience wasn't uh, wasn't the way to go. Maybe not. But as Kyrie said, they can pretty much just coach themselves. It's coached by committee, so how could that not what? work out? They did that pretty well, and that's why they are no longer there. Um, Tyrese Maxey, he was 3 for 10 in the first half, only 9 points, did not look good. Thought it was going to be one of those tough maxi games turned it up in the second half specifically in the fourth quarter during that stretch to really push the as it got to 13 he was a big part of why it extended back to the 20s and it gave everybody the comfortability not only watching but also in the arena to allow them to win comfortably to allow him to get to that 27 point total that he had with seven assists two turnovers in 35 plus minutes struggled we've seen it before where he struggled Derek early but turned it up in the second half. And that's where we would talk about, hey, can you trust him in the postseason? While we're not there yet, this is the type of game that gives you that, that comfortability of feeling how he is going to be later on, struggling early, but figuring it out and turning it up later. Yeah. And one quick note about our previous conversation. I looked it up. Tobias Harris, is, Tobias Harris averages 27 points per 100 with Embiid on the bench. 22 with him on the floor. It actually wasn't as big of a drop as I was expecting. That's still a decent volume of scoring with him beat on the floor, which I think kind of goes back to my point of he can disappear regardless of the lineup construction. Uh, and obviously he is way more efficient. 64% true shooting when sharing the floor with him compared to 57% 
when Embiid's off the floor. Uh, so that 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 drop off is not as drastic as I was expecting. Going back to Tyrese, you mentioned that he would turn it on in the second and a half earlier in the year, and I really thought like through the first twenty games that was one of the real stories, uh, storylines of the season. Um, the way he would come out against tough defenses, maybe struggle or just not have it fully going, figure it out, and then really put teams away. And today was certainly one where, look, I don't necessarily want to say he figured all that much out because I think for the most part it was that his shot went in. Uh, and, you know, he really struggled, I thought, inside the arc. Maybe had some foul calls that he didn't get. Seems like it's been happening pretty often recently. Uh, but he just drained three after three after three and stepped back and stepped back. Didn't get the free throw line a couple times, made one cut, tough layup. Uh, but for the most part, it was it was from bombing from the perimeter. Uh, and he was it was a very key portion of the game. Like we mentioned, the Rockets had cut it to 14 or 13 there with Embiid and five fouls. Thought things could get a little bit dicey. Turns out that Tyrese Maxey uh, was able to put it away. Some of those step backs he hit were very tough. And he had that one called off. Um, I don't even remember if he made it or not, but he had he a, a travel called off there mm -hmm. uh, where really didn't seem like it needed to be a step back. It seemed like maybe just a sidestep would have been all that he needed because there was a flyby. Uh, but he had another three that he could have made. It ended up with uh, six for 10 from three-point range on the evening, five for five from the line, uh, and only then three of 10 inside of the arc. Um, but look, I love I love when I see him take 10 threes. Yeah. Even, even if he would have gone two for 10, I like him taking those And threes. even as he was three for 10, as we alluded to for the first half, those three were made three-pointers. Yep. Yeah, and, and and again, we've seen it where he he's not getting the whistle that he believes that he's deserving of. I'm getting frustrated at times. In the like moment, in yes. previous years, I don't think he really showed all that and much Derek, frustration. Just like the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, when he's complained about him, and you can see it visibly frustrating him where he's now the one, when we talk about palms up, and was like, all right, settle down, everybody. He's now a lot of that palm yep. up. I'm not getting it. And probably deserving, and deservingly so, where he feels like, yo, you should get that whistle. With reputation comes those whistles, right? And he feels like he's now earned that reputation to get the whistle for, for a trip to the free throw line. So I don't mind it, but it was a big part of why he only had those three of 10, the three makes of the 10, and those were going to the basket. I think one was mid-range. I think he forced it. It was a, a tough shot over a long, or it might have been Jabari Smith or Jeff Green because I, I, I know it was a, a really tough shot, but... He continues to fight through any adversity there with the defensive assignment that's across from him. And then whatever they figure out in the second half, whatever at halftime, and they discuss it going into the second half, he starts to turn it up. He was five for eight in the second half. He had 18 points. He hit the tough three pointers that Derek is talking about and getting to the free throw line. I actually think there were a, there were a couple of technicals that he got to the free throw line, and he was the one to get to the free throw line and knock down those free throws. And I believe that they also helped him settle down a little bit. Yes, the three-point is going in, but getting those easy buckets, getting those, seeing the, free, seeing the ball go through the net, that also helped him and, and finish things up. So a really good performance with him yep. to be able to do that. Um, Money Mar brought up a little bit earlier as we talk about the, the, the balance that was there today. Despite only having a few double-figure scores, Derek, everybody pretty – we mentioned Daniel House early. He played well. Marcus Mars yep. had a decent out, uh, showing today. Patrick Beverly. Yeah, and I feel like we, we, like we talked about Beverly early because he was key in that late third-quarter stretch, but he really was fantastic. And, and Kyle and I were talking about it on Press well, Pro while I was at the game. After you know, he started off season, I think shooting like one for 22 from three or something incredible like that. Just didn't look like he had the legs to get it to the hoop. Ever since then, he has been great. Speaking of, of the speak of the devil, I think we have Kyle here ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, but as we bring in Kyle and we talk about Patrick Beverly and how well he is playing, like the nice backdrop there. Uh, it's very and professional, very professional uh, there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, free advertising for Penn Medicine. So, but uh, it is a <laughs> podium game for they can jump podium game too. for PHLY. So there you go. We are yeah. uh, in a different locale than normal. I've been rearranged by Sixers PR. So <laughs> for now, this is the plan for where we will do our post-show stuff. What's up, fellas? All right. We will just start this off with the Kyle Newbeck injury update because it already came up earlier, especially with the Anthony and the uncertainty there. What do you got on the guys who are out? Yeah, so D'Anthony sounds like that's going to be at least a week, according to Nick Nurse. Uh, he did deal with a back issue all last year, or I would say most of last yeah. year. And Nick essentially said pregame, this is something that D'Anthony could probably play with right now, but they feel like they're in a position where if they give him a bit of time here and, and go through, they identified what the issue is and, and give him proper time and rehab, uh, that or treatment, I guess I should say, that they can deal with this and and hopefully mitigate it uh, as they come down the stretch of the season. So it sounds like it's not serious, but they're when you say you're going to miss maybe a week, that's more than just like a, a day-to-day thing. So it's kind of in that weird middle ground. We'll see uh, how he responds to treatment and how soon he'll be back. The other guys, as far as I know, are all kind of day-to-day issues, and we'll go from there. We did also talk to joel in the locker room and i asked him specifically about you know what's been the main problem and he said continues to say it's swelling and, and keeping swelling down says that i guess it's been responding well uh last few days that's why he's able to get into practice get some five on five three on three scrimmage type work in and as far as we know it, you know he's wrapped up after the game said he's feeling good and nick nurse's expectation is that he will play tomorrow versus denver Joel didn't uh, disagree with that. So it sounds like he, unless there's something unforeseen, like something happens overnight, should be good to go tomorrow. So one other quick injury question. I feel like you and I have been exposed to a lot of knee injuries over the year. Prior to today, have you ever heard of a right knee fat pad impingement? I don't know fat that pad. I've ever heard fat pad used on an injury <laughs> report. So okay. the, the level of specificity is getting... <laughs> it's not like I, you and I are not doctors on a good day, Derek. So when we're getting to this granular level of detail, I really feel overwhelmed and like we're in a different era. <laughs> just want to make sure it wasn't me. That's coverage. all. That's all. You like no, to just say knee sprain? Yeah, yeah. Knee sprain, knee pain, whatever it might be. One more, Derek. Remember uh, when they always used to go into gastroenteritis then? It's like, yeah, can we just man. say like he has flu-like symptoms or something? Like yeah. we don't need to get just too Just say he's got diarrhea. That's yeah. that's what gastroenteritis yeah. is. Pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> simple, right? Straight to the point. Uh, one more, uh, because we were talking about and uh, Daniel House with that hard fall at the end ran right to the locker room. Were you able to see him? See, uh, did they say anything about that? Because that was a hard. Oh spill. boy, did we see him post game? Because we had one of the most spirited Daniel House yelling across the locker room sessions <laughs> of all time. Marcus Morris, as you guys know, Mister Key to the City of Philadelphia himself was talking a little shit about the birds. Tyrese Maxey mentioned you know the dallas cowboys suffering a terrible loss yesterday and d house who is apparently a texans fan was whooping and hollering about his boys in houston so he was Guess he's uh, okay. he, he was really enjoying it uh, yeah seems like he's all right he's a he's a tough guy so seems to be okay um and b uh we were kyle we said it as we were coming in a lot of people said it in the chat uh and it, it boring game because of how easy things look tonight as he uh, dropped another 30 and 10, this time 41 and 10. And he did it very easily, came back and looked like his normal self with no issue, as you talked about the update with the injury. Good to see him back out there on the floor. Yeah, look, like the the thing that he's doing right now is basically breaking modern NBA defenses, right? Because as you guys both know, teams want to concede the mid-range shot. Like the the way that analytics have changed the game is that everyone wants threes dunks layups free throws like that's that's the bible of nba offense in 2024 and has been for quite a long time unfortunately joel Embiid shoots mid-range shots at a layup like clip and so when you have to sell out completely on him in the middle of the floor 
it's just a scheme breaking way to attack teams. And since he has become this unguardable player at the elbow, it just causes all kinds of problems. Like the Rockets are trying to send double and triple teams at him in the middle of the floor. And as he often does, Joel did a great job of anytime there's contact, finding it, seeking it out, highlighting it, forcing the refs to, to blow the whistle. Uh, the 30-10 streak did look to be in some jeopardy. He obviously turned it up on the glass in the second half. But like, chase that 10 to... down, man. <laughs> Literally <laughs> chase it. I'm okay with that. Like he came back in. The game's still hanging in the balance a little bit. They got him out once the game was put to rest. Uh, that was a very normal way to get to that threshold. So the the bottom line is, he is maybe the most effortless scorer in the NBA right now. We have to put the the asterisk there and say for the regular season because have run into those roadblocks in the playoffs before. But I think between what Nick Nurse has done, the the level of playmaking he's shown this year, the schematic tweaks, Tyrese Maxey's ascension, and the fit of everybody around him, obviously the hope is going to be he can finally translate what we see every single night and do that against you know high level teams in the playoffs. So I just want to be clear because we had a little bit of a back and forth here on the show. You do think they are a better offensive team with Joel Embiid on the floor? Confirmed. Yeah, okay. Sources sources say, yeah. Just just checking. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were having a conversation because we were having a discussion a little bit earlier about how they look where sometimes it may be a little bit stagnant when he's out there on the floor. Not not the same type of movement when he's okay, hold not on, hold on. on the floor. I, I want to I want to give you one guess on which PHOY employee instigated this conversation. Vince, you are correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we were having I, that I'm conversation. I'm completely shocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. I would say I actually noted this in the recap. They had that uh, real bad period of stagnation in the third quarter. Like the third quarter, not going to. That might be a burn the tape quarter. At least the first half of it for the team. I don't know that I would blame Joel too much for that. Like, it, I think he certainly was making reads out of doubles and trying to find guys, and there were just periods where people are not moving. And I understand that can be a symptom of, you know, when big dogs got to eat and he's just taking a lot of shots, that can happen. Like, guys get lost in the shuffle. We talk about that on the show quite a bit. But, no, I didn't, I didn't really think that that was a, a product of Joel tonight. I just – weren't a lot of guys playing well, quite frankly. You know, one of the, the highlights of the game was Pat Beverly. Pat Bev was awesome off the bench, so he yeah. clearly didn't struggle playing with basically anybody tonight. I was just going to ask you, how about uh, where did this Pat Beverly renaissance come from? Uh, I mean, look, he started shooting the ball well there for a while. That probably gave him a bit of confidence, but I think a lot of it is he's now getting deeper on a lot of his drives, getting into the paint. And even when he's not looking to score there with, you can't even call them runners and floaters. They're like flip shots half the time. <laughs> uh, like it, he just has this weird old man, old man bag. Yeah. It's like the, the YMCA game where you just play a guy who looks like he shouldn't be on the floor. And all of a sudden he scored like four straight buckets, but he's using that to set up. You know, he had a nice one tonight where he, he did the Steve Nash go underneath the rim, look back, finds Joel top of the key for an above the break three. Like, I think he's done a lot more of that to the point that, and I said this to Derek on press row tonight in the first half, I was like, you know, all the consternation about backup ball handling, I think for the last like month and a half, maybe two months, Pat has done a perfectly solid job to the point that I don't think they need. I was oh. of the opinion for a while. Oh. They needed like an innings eater type player mm -mm. at that spot. I'm you, not quite sure they need that anymore. Are you Maybe because the Tyus Jones dream is dead, but <laughs> <Correct>. you know. <laughs> yeah, so but has I think he, has he shown a, enough where he he might actually, if he is the only option because they don't make a move, that he has done enough at least right now for us to think that if this is something that can continue, that he can do the job. I think so, yes, because here's the thing with even as the number one Tyus Jones guy on the East Coast, or one of them anyway, uh, the problem with him is that he's not a playoff level defender. Like he's an 82 game player, not a 16 game guy, but it looked early on like the Sixers needed one of those guys. Like, hey, the, the backup point guard spot is going to be a problem. And I think Pat has done enough over the last couple of months to say, I would move my my vision elsewhere. Like if you're going to commit resources to 
upgrading the team, I, I would hold off on that because I think he's been sturdy there. He's even had some like flat out awesome games like that Celtics game, the Lakers game. So good job by Pat. Good game for him tonight. All right. Okay, I got I, anything else? Yeah, we had a chat and I wanted to ask you both right. about it since we were talking about guards. Our, our good buddy Brian Knight asked, he said, uh, I have a sicko question. Oh, boy. The Sixers need another ball handler. Mark Stein, longtime NBA insider, is reporting former number one pick and Sixer number one pick Markel Fultz is on the market because of what's going on in Atlanta, Orlando with their young guards. Should Maury kick the tires or should I seek help? I mean, I, you guys can debate it amongst yourselves. I would be okay with just, you know, you see what the price is. I think the problem with him is that it's the same problem as when he's here, right? The shot. Like, the I, shot. I think he's big enough, long enough, athletic enough that he gives you a bit more defensive versatility from a bench guard than you have with the rest of these guys. I do worry specifically about if you have to play Maxi and Beverly minutes at all in the playoffs, that might get dicey. Yeah. in a hurry now you shouldn't have to with the assumed minutes allotments that these guys will have so tbd on that so Fultz would give you something different there good transition player good slasher all that but but yeah i mean he if they were to go after him you have to look at him more as just like a different option it's not someone that's like yeah that guy's coming here and he's gonna play every single night in a defined role so uh, I guess it, I would say it depends. I'm not totally out on it, but uh, I'm certainly not like giving up any real assets for him. I'd say that. Yeah, I think that's the key. If you can like swap an expiring contract for him, maybe let him fit, step into that Pat Beverly role. Sure, interest, but like not a first round pick. And he's only expiring. Yes. Yeah. That's why. That's yeah, why. Right. Absolutely. Yep. All right, and boys, he can triple, which, you know, that's been the big thing all year. I keep saying I would love more players on a basketball team that can dribble the basketball he confidently. Can dribble. Yeah. And he can defend, yeah, too. He can do that. Like, he can definitely yes. defend. Yes, he yep. can. Yes, he can. Well, Kyle, um, will we see you tonight, man? Are we going to see you tonight at the watch party? I think so. You know, it's, I guess it depends on how bad this weather is supposed to get. But, I, you know, it's like the, the mailman, right? Rain, sleet, hail or shine, whatever. Got to show up, so. Should see you over there in a few hours or so, right? All right. If if we don't, we will see you tomorrow, of course, right back here, post-game, live from the arena. Big game tomorrow. Big game. Big game indeed, and it sounds like Joel's going to suit up. Should be a great I one. I certainly hope so. Make sure you check out Kyle's work at phly.com. Check out the all recap. All phly.com. Check out the recap there. I was rolling, too. Somebody right else there. read the websites from now on. <laughs> Jesus, Devon. Come on. AllPHLY.com. Check out the recap. Kyle, thanks, man. See you. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, Derek, big game tomorrow. Big game tomorrow. Fill off the insurance company. Just getting some free ad reads here from Devon. They need to pay me. They do. They need to pay me. And I'll share it with you guys just because I keep making that mistake. AllPHLY.com. Check out Kyle's uh, recap for the game. Uh, just kind of looking ahead. Denver and if if mb plays this is why they set this up as a nationally televised game Sixers right now at 25 and uh, 13 the denver nuggets they are sitting right now at 28 and 13 so a couple of games up in terms of uh, games played with their record but hey man you said it earlier four years in a row these two are battling it out for the mvp we would have liked to have seen them to them match up in the NBA Finals a season ago. The Sixers did not cooperate, but this is a this is a fun one early in the season, man. Yeah, well, and not only is it a great measuring stick game, not only is it a game against two MVP contenders, but it's a final game before they go on the road for seven of their next eight. You would love and look. Not all of those road games are necessarily tough. Like you've got Charlotte in there, Portland. Uh, Utah in there. Like there's some very winnable games in there for sure. Some tough ones. You got to play Denver on the road in there as well. Um, you'd love the bank a win here before you get out on the road, uh, especially like I said, seven of eight on the road. Uh, I think if there's at least one, maybe two back to backs in there, uh, there is going to be some, some, some tough games to play. I can't wait. But on the other hand, I've mentioned a bunch of times. I think back to backs are barely, legitimate basketball. I hate the fact that this is set up this way. Uh, like I said, it's probably an easier back-to-back for the Sixers than normal because there is an extra couple hours of rest because there's no travel, all of that stuff. It's true. I 
I want to see a good game. Absolutely. Money Mar says 43, 14, and 7 for Embiid tomorrow. That's the line. Uh, I would love that. Well, he he gave it to Jokic last year. Oh, he did. I think that's probably when he sealed up the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And then people lost their mind because he didn't play in Denver yeah. uh, on the second night after people, playing like, the, year, I think the, the night before. Yeah, what was it, Portland? Like, I forget. Yeah. But like that was back to back. I think the one year, didn't he have like COVID or something? And he yeah. had like a legitimate injury another year. So he year, keeps, like, keeps ducking. Yeah. Nicole Jokic, even though he gave him 40. Caught a contagious disease because he didn't want to play Jokic, who he has success against. Come on. Good win this afternoon. Uh, again, we were just mentioning the watch party with Kyle. Uh, PHLY Eagles watch party there at Wicked Wolf. 745 start for the guys. And we hope to see you there. Eight o'clock. We'll all be there, hopefully, uh, weather permitting, as Kyle mentioned, as the Philadelphia takes on Tampa. And things set up pretty well for them based on yesterday. We were looking like for a second, oh, the LA is going to beat Detroit. And if Philadelphia does their part, might be a home game after all, go to game time. <laughs> and then they lose by one yeah. and it doesn't happen. But they do have a pretty good opportunity tonight to still take on an opponent that gave up 23 points yesterday. And 23, you would think if you do things the right way, that they've shown you that they can be beat also. Oh, for sure. For sure. But first things first, how are you feeling about tonight? Uh, same? Uh, same. I mean, look, the Bucks are the definition of mid, and that might be being generous to them. The Eagles should have every chance in the world to win this if they had just played competent defensive bas basketball. Defensive football at any point over the last month and a half, sure, I'd be more confident, but we watch the same team. They should win this game tonight. They As should. Derek talked about, there is no. Excuse. This is the most mid team that they're going to play on the road, and it's all their fault. Yes, the their their. You should be ranking. getting your Foco hoodies out right yes. now, using your game time app to get a, 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 a freaking ticket. Game. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, they should win this game tonight, and yet we're all sitting on the edge of our seats right now, biting our fingernails because we have no clue. Absolutely no clue of how this is going to play out. But a Last lot of people feel really good because they're like, it's all gravy no matter what happens because Dallas lost. Yes, and no, no, excuse me. Dallas got rocked. 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 What was it, 27 nothing? Yeah. That was great. I enjoyed the hell out of that. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell Derek out of that. Derek even asked, hey, are we doing an emergency uh, I pod? Mean, <laughs> I was ready too, folks. <laughs> we that, that show would have done numbers. It would have done big numbers, numbers. And we're not the football guys. Nope. We would have done some big numbers. So a lot of people are like, it's all gravy from here on because Dallas lost no matter what. And many don't have expectations for the Eagles tonight simply because of that. No A.J. Brown. So the guys will get you ready at 745 with the pregame coverage. Wicked Wolf will be there. Bo and Jamie will have the pregame for you. Zach will join from Tampa. Yep. And hopefully postgame live from Wicked Wolf. I, th I think yeah. it is. Hopefully they're doing a, a, a victory post game and getting ready to preview so, a matchup against Detroit. I hope so. Yeah. It was supposed to be Detroit coming to Philadelphia. And it was supposed to be like this should not have been a stressful weekend. No. No. Well, Dallas eased some concerns a little bit. I mean, it certainly at least made the weekend enjoyable. They did. They did. Parts. So so if you're there, weather permitting, we hope to see you there. Yes, Brian, Jerry Jones was big mad. And it was great to see. Oh, I was I was enjoying Skip. I do not follow Skip, but I followed him for 24 hours, put him on notifications, and just enjoyed every freak out. That video, he was having some issues with the trash can. He was. Some it's issues. like a motion-activated trash can. He could not figure it out. At that point, you take the top off yeah. and just throw it into trash so you don't have those issues. But whatever, that's or, his problem. Or, like, just do another take. It was clearly performative BS. Like, just do it again. Yeah, just do it all over. It was a video. It wasn't live. Just yeah. do it over. His wife was willing, if whoever was willing to record that, just do that. Just do that. Good win this afternoon. Maybe a bigger one tomorrow. Maybe the start today of three really good wins for the Sixers today and tomorrow night and the Birds tonight. So let's see what happens. Any, you want to do a prediction? Yeah, no? I just want to say, like, two-minute warning saying, who cares at Dallas sauce? It doesn't help the Eagles win tonight. Well, I agree with that, but I have no real faith in the Eagles going all the way anyway, so I got to take my small victories when I can find them. Oh, it's because at least you don't have to worry about, because it looked like it was going to be San Francisco and Dallas, 
in the conference finals, as good as Detroit's been playing, now you don't have to worry about Dallas winning the Super Bowl because they can't now. And the only thing that would have made the Eagles collapse over the last six weeks of the season worse was Dallas having a long run. Not, not San Francisco, I, that's Dallas. Not, that, that's not going to make this better or good. It's just there's no more chance of it being worse. Yes. And I'll take that. Absolutely. Small wins. Small wins. Small wins. Big win this afternoon for the Sixers. Hopefully a big win for the Birds tonight. And then an even bigger one for the Sixers tomorrow against Denver. We'll get there when we get there. I want to say some things to the folks as we uh, get on out of here. Let's sure. say thank you to a lot of folks. I want to say, uh, first of all, who were the uh, Super Chats that we Ash. had here? Ash. Appreciate Ash. Regular regular listener. Always yep, here. Always here. Also, Brian Knight. Rick. Money Mar. Two-minute warning. Uh... Brian and, and uh, Rick are just sitting here arguing about that. Yeah, they were. Rick was there, as you yeah. said. We we had... MBD. MBD. Got, that's where we leave it. WeeBay. I think I said Rick already. It's really the same guys that were arguing. Liam a lot was in the there. I saw Liam Hypothetical in there. Hypothetical man, Liam. Uh, Spiral out. Daniel. Yep. We mentioned there Dan earlier. On. Kyle O'Connor. Appreciate you. Yams. Daniel. Yep, there's a couple more. I usually take notes of names as the show is going on so that we don't always... But we were rolling. Yeah, we were rolling. We were rolling. You just don't want to always give priority to people who comment late. You want to get the people at the beginning. So Six I did, is London. I forgot to do that, so I apologize for that. But yeah, we appreciate each and every one of you who stopped in the live chat. Yeah, we really appreciate everybody, Randy, and our people Tafka from... Tafka Yams. I yeah, remember he was in yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. So we appreciate everybody. And uh, what, what do they have to do, Derek, to um, make sure they like well, and got, subscribe? You got to hit the bell icon. You got to do what? Hit the bell icon. Now, there we go. We got the bell in here today. I didn't even know you had that. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. So um, we now have the bell. Yeah. So go, go go subscribe to PHLY Sports YouTube channel. Hit the bell icon so you get notifications when we go live. We'd appreciate you stopping and chatting, saying hi. Read Kyle's recap at allphly.com. Go get the merchandise at phlylocker.com. You had me worried there for a second, but you nailed it, buddy. I nailed it. Thank you. The Sixers <laughs> got it done this afternoon. Hopefully the birds get it done tonight. Make sure we see you at Wicked Wolf at 745. If you can't make it, make sure you log on to PHLY Sports on Whenever YouTube. you start talking about websites, Pre's got to like pop up with like maybe the URLs on the big screen. Get so it there. It. So Just I can so read you don't it screw perfectly. It up again. Yeah. Yes, but make sure you tune in and watch the pregame show yeah. with Bo and Jamie and also Zach live from Tampa. This was fun, man. They made it easy. This was easy. Yeah. Yeah. For Derek and Kyle, I'm Devon. Bree as well. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow following Sixers Nuggets at our normal time. That's in the evening. Derek won't be cranky, though. It's all good. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. No promises. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> 